And if I'm being honest, and if you were being honest too, you would admit that there are days where you really do sit and wonder, am I the one to do this? Am I am I the right leader for the job? And I just want to encourage you to let you know that this is re-leadership, okay? Part of this process is, is overcoming these moments of feeling like you have no momentum. But what I want to encourage you with is that the real test of our character, okay? The real test of our character as re-leaders is, is to be able to answer the question of, am I willing to plant seeds in the ground of this organization that I may never sit under the shade of the tree that grows. Hey, ReLeader fam, it's so good to be back with you again. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Thanks for being a part of this ReLeader community. And Happy New Year. This is the very first podcast of 2024. And I'm excited to bring a great uh, topic to you today that I pray blesses you and encourages you. As always, please uh, share this. Share it on social media. Uh, you can follow on the underscore ReLeader on on Instagram and Twitter. Share this with your friends. Go to ReLeader.co to follow along for articles and all those sort of things. And really, I'm, I'm the most excited about this. So if, if you've been joining us, we've been doing ReLeader podcast and writings on ReLeader.co for about five months since August of 2023. And I haven't talked much about this, but it is here and it's finally uh, coming. It's finally coming very, very soon. On January the 16th, uh, my brand new book, Re-Leader, is coming out. The subtitle is How to Fix What You Didn't Break. It is available right now for pre-orders on Amazon. You can do it two different ways. You can go to releader.co and you will find a link there. Or you can go directly to Amazon and just type in Re-Leader and you'll find this book there. Uh, pre-order it right now. It doesn't come out till the 16th, but it really helps a lot if you'll pre-order one. It helps in getting the word out there even more in the algorithms of space, whatever that means. But pre-order one. I would love for you to pick up a copy of this book. It'll encourage your leadership. It'll encourage your teams. Uh, so I pray that this book is a, is a blessing to you. Uh, we can talk about a lot of things to start off a new year. We could talk about goals. We could talk about strategy. We could talk about all these things. And and you would think that'd be the way we would need to go. But for some reason, I'm compelled to to talk about something that really wouldn't be your first thought of a new year, right? Uh, What I know is that a lot of leaders that I talk to are really tired. They're really burned out. And you may be finding yourself in a place where you're trying to gear up for the new year. You're trying to find some sort of excitement, but you're just having difficulty getting excited. And I feel like I'm, I'm supposed to speak to you today. Uh, and if that's not you and you are excited, then tuck this one away and it'll encourage you at a later date. Uh, one of my chapters in the book is is about this because I know that at some point in your re-leader journey, you're going to face what we're talking about today. Uh, I found a couple of stats. The Harvard Business Review said that 50% of managers are burned out. Uh, Forbes magazine said that 60% of leaders feel used up and exhausted. Uh, A a website called Quixie said that 65% of leaders experienced burnout in the last year, 65%. And the one that's the craziest for me is a Canadian study that I found online that said that 82% of senior leaders experienced exhaustion within the past 12 months. Uh, we have led through some really difficult times. If you're a re-leader, it's hard enough to just be a re-leader. 
And then you compound that with COVID and the season that we've walked through and the turmoil in our world and all of the things happening in our economy. Uh, so whether you're in ministry or nonprofit or the business world, this has been a really difficult season to relead. And so what I want to do today is I want to I want to meet leaders where they're at today, and I want to try to bring you encouragement. Um, sometimes we don't need to be better. We don't need to do better work or work better or, or perform better, although those things are very important. Sometimes as leaders, we need to get better. And sometimes we need to get better mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually. And those are the things I want to address today because I think there's a lot of people out there that although they would never admit it, in the back of their mind, they daydream about doing something else. And I remember mine, I I can tell you exactly what mine is. And what I call it, what I call this for me is my walk away job. If I was just going to, if I was just going to throw my arms and walk away, um, this is what I would do. And you probably have one. Mine started uh, many years ago as a vice president at a university and we had purchased a piece of property that had a house on it to expand. And I, I had kind of coordinated us to demo this house. And I had to meet the guy out there that morning to, uh, before they demoed it. So they pull up and they have this big trailer. And on top of this trailer is the biggest bulldozer I have ever seen in my entire life. And this bulldozer came off of this thing. And I sat there and watched in awe as this bulldozer in one pass, just plowed through this house. Like it was nothing and just drove up over the top of this house and just drove right through the middle of it. And something inside of me goes, I want to do that. I would love to be able to do that. And so sometimes I'll daydream, right? I've had a tough day at the office. I'm driving home. I'll walk by somebody working a bulldozer, working some sort of demolition, and I'll daydream. And and so that's my confession to you is my walkaway job. What is your walkaway job? My walkaway job, if I threw my hands up in the air and I wanted to do something, I want to tear something up. I want to destroy something. And if we're being honest, all of us have those sort of moments where, what would I do if I wasn't doing this? And releading, if you've done it for any amount of time, is is really difficult. Uh, releading is difficult because rarely are you comfortable, uh, especially in the early days, early years, early weeks, early months of releading. You really don't experience momentum. Momentum is something that um, is is hard to find in the early stages of releading. Um, and let's be honest, you're certainly not becoming famous. It's not about getting your name in lights or being noticed or being needed in those capacities. A lot of times releading feels more like pain. (laughs) It feels more like delay, not momentum, but delay, delay upon delay, delay upon delay. And it can also feel like you're in obscurity where no one sees you. No one notices what you're doing. And this can be really difficult. And maybe this is you. Maybe you find yourself um, starting this year in a painful situation, in a difficult situation, and discouragement, in delay after delay after delay, and in obscurity where you don't think anybody sees what you do and the sacrifices that you make. You're who I'm talking to today. And again, if this is not you in the moment, tuck this away because any given moment, any given month, any given time, you're going to feel this way. And so I want to I want to just encourage you with a couple of quick things today and we'll be done. All right. So the first thing is this. All right. Number one, slow progress does not equal no progress. This is something that I had to really learn early on in my re-leader journey is that slow progress is the norm. Slow progress is something that can be expected. 
not something that you could hope for, and it's not something that you could strive to overcome. Obviously, we should. But what I've learned is that I've learned the process of, of fixing my mind and fixing the way I think to, to think that if I'm making very slow progress, it doesn't mean that I'm making no progress. That sometimes those early years, the slow progress that I'm making is some of the most important progress that I make. So one thing that I've loved to do uh, at a house we lived at recently is I love to trim trees. I don't know what it is. I love to fire up a chainsaw. Call me crazy on a quote unquote rest day for me is give me a chainsaw and a tree and let me go at it. Like I love it. I love trimming trees. Our our old house had about 50 trees in the, in the yard and I love to pick out limbs that didn't look right, weren't hanging right, trim them, spend all day on my day off uh, trimming trees, as crazy as that sounds. But there was something really satisfying about it. Um, and I later realized why. What I realized is I needed activity in my life that I can see immediate progress. I needed things in my life that I can do, put my hand to them, and see progress happening in real time, in the moment. And Michelle and I would go for a walk in the afternoon, and I would walk out and look at my my trees, my beloved trees, and see the progress that had been made. And I drove her crazy because on our walks, I would say, that limb right there, that's the next limb. But it was important for me. It was important for me to do that. And I would encourage you in your ReLeader journey to find things outside of work that you can put your hand to, that you can see real progress in, see see that happening. In the first years of ReLeading Victory Church, I was so discouraged because I would, I would leave work and I feel like I hadn't accomplished anything. A, a week would pass. A month would pass. Six months would pass. Maybe even a year or two would pass. And although we were making progress, I didn't feel like we were. And that can be really discouraging. And so it's important to have areas of your life where you you're you sense as though you're really making some sort of progress. And in those years, I felt like the plane that I was flying was not even main not we weren't we weren't gaining altitude. It felt like we weren't even maintaining altitude. It felt like we were losing altitude. It felt like the longer I led, the 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 least I was um believed that I was going to be doing something meaningful. And it was really debilitating and really challenging. Attendance was down. Giving was down. But most of all, my spirits were down. My spirits were down. And if I'm being honest, and if you were being honest too, you would admit that there are days where you really do sit and wonder, am I the one to do this? Am I am I the right leader for the job? And I just want to encourage you to let you know that this is re-leadership, okay? Part of this process is, is overcoming these moments of feeling like you have no momentum. But what I want to encourage you with is that the real test of our character, okay, the real test of our character as re-leaders is, the, is to be able to answer the question of, am I willing to plant seeds in the ground of this organization that I may never sit under the shade of the tree that grows. Okay, let me say that again. Am I willing to plant seeds in the ground of this organization as its leader, as its current leader, that I may never even sit under the shade of the trees that grow as a result of the seeds that I plant? Let me say it another way. Am I willing to plant seeds in the ground even though I may never taste the fruit that grow on the tree? This, many times... I don't mean to depress you, <laughs> and and God will, and you will taste the fruit. If not that fruit, you will taste other fruit. But the real challenge is, am I willing to put my own needs and my own desires and my own cravings of seeing something aside by knowing that planting the seed that I need to plant today is needed? Um, 
many, many years ago, uh, when we lived in Edmond, Oklahoma, there was a guy who moved in, was my next door neighbor. And I met him one day and I was sitting in the, in the yard talking to him. And he said, I said, what are you doing? What do you, uh, what brought you to, to the city? And he said, I just moved to the city to help be a part of the construction, construction progress uh, process of Devon Tower. Now, Devon Tower is the largest skyscraper in Oklahoma. It's almost 900 feet tall. Um, we don't have a lot to brag about in Oklahoma, but this sucker is big. It's, it's the biggest skyscraper in the city. It's beautiful in the state. And I said, what, what aspect are you going to be doing? And he said, I'm here to oversee the building of the foundation. And I'll be honest, my first thought was, that's not too epic. That's not that important. Like, that doesn't seem that impressive. And then I said, how long are you going to be here? He said, I'll be here two to four years. Two to four years. And I go, are you are you kidding me? Two to four years to build the foundation. So we talked about that for a few minutes. And then he said, he said, um, I said, I said to him, I said, uh, what does it feel like? And this, I probably should have thought through this before I said it. I said, but what does it feel like to be in charge of building something that no one will ever see? No one will ever see this thing. No one is ever going to drive by the Devon Tower and look and say, my goodness, look at the foundation on that building. How incredible is that? And I said, how does it feel to be a part of something that will never be noticed? And he said to me, he said, I may never be noticed, but everything is dependent upon me. He said, and please catch this, he says, the height of the structure is dependent upon the depths and the the sturdiness of how well I build the foundation. And I can't think of a better analogy than than the role of a re-leader, okay? The re-leader is the guy or gal who's coming in to build the foundations, to rebuild the foundations in many senses. And this is a process. This is something that we're all called to do in many ways. And so I'm just trying to beg you, okay, as the re-leader. Please hear this if you don't hear anything else. Please don't quit. Please don't quit. Um, You are needed. You are valuable. In fact, you are not just needed. You are essential to the rebuilding of this organization. And even though nobody, your name may never be in lights, no no one may ever drive by that that organization or look at that organization in the future and think of you, um, the heights and success of that organization is dependent upon the structure, all right? It's dependent upon the foundation. It's dependent upon the seeds that you are sowing in that organization that's going to give it height and strength, all right? So that's the first thing I would tell you, okay? The second thing I would tell you is look internal, look internal. I always I always heard in leadership, and it's a true statement, that I should celebrate the wins, okay? If I don't celebrate the wins, then no one knows if we're winning. No one knows when we're winning. And I, I agree with this statement. It's a, it's a brilliant statement. Many great leaders have said it, that we have to find the wins and celebrate the wins. But I would add to that in the re-leader space, not only do you have to celebrate the wins, you get to determine what wins to celebrate. Here, here was my problem, okay? Um, I understood this principle, but in the first couple of years of, of leading Victory Church, I would look everywhere for a win and I couldn't find one. <laughs> it's so it's so depressing to even say, I couldn't find a win. And this is why I couldn't find a win, because I was looking at I was looking for external wins. Okay. And this is what I mean by that. I was looking for growth. I was looking for increase. I was looking for attendance growth. I was looking for growth on our offerings. I was looking for are we building new campuses? I was using the structure 
of success, thinking that I have to be successful in the ways that other churches are successful in order for me to celebrate something. And this is what I learned, and and I, I pray that you can learn this way earlier than I did, is that you have to learn to celebrate the internal wins first. Because if all you do is wait around on external wins, you're going to have a very difficult time finding things to celebrate. But there are things happening in your organization every single day as you build culture, as you build trust, as you build your teams, as you build yourself, all of these things we've talked about in prior podcasts. As you build those things, there are ce- there are things to celebrate all around you. Internal things, what I realized is that even though on the outside looking in, it didn't appear as though we were had anything we were having anything to celebrate as i looked closer internally things were improving okay my teams were building stronger my culture was becoming stronger my comfort in preaching and leading the organization was becoming stronger i was becoming more confident systems were improving uh, morale of the staff were were heavily improving but i i made the mistake of never celebrating those things those are things worthy of celebrating. Things that we celebrate get repeated. And so my challenge to you is to look for internal wins, even if they're just internal wins in your mind and in your soul. Uh, so let me say this. External wins will come for all to see, but but not before the internal wins that no one sees. Okay, let me say that one more time. The external wins will come that everyone will see. But the external wins will not come until you have internal wins that no one sees. These are the foundation building blocks. No one sees them. No one's even aware that they're there. And it may take you years to build these internal wins. But if you will build these internal wins, the external wins for your future will be resting and built upon the internal wins that you're having. So these are examples. Let me give you some examples of internal wins, okay? An internal win... Um, that may not be seen on the outside of your organization, but an internal win would be you have less turnover in your staff, okay? That's a great win. You have less turnover. That means your culture's changing. That means people have have job satisfaction. That means they love their leadership that's over them. These are huge wins. These are big internal wins that you need to find ways to celebrate. Uh, maybe you have in, improved employee satisfaction surveys. You should be survey, surveying your staff. Maybe, maybe there's been an improvement on the surveys that you've been uh, giving. Uh, look for your values on a day-to-day, okay? You've established core values. We've talked about that in previous podcasts. You've established your core values. When you see your staff or your organization or your constituents begin to live out those core values, oh my gosh, this is worthy of celebration. You should celebrate this with your leadership teams. You should celebrate this with your staff. These are huge wins. Let me be real blunt. A great win is to have less drama. (laughs) We all know drama, all right? We all know drama. Celebrate having less drama. This is a this is a big win. Uh, maybe you've done a system. Let me let me give you an example of something. Maybe you've put a system in place internally that has created better efficiency. So so let's say you run a a call center or a manufacturing organization or something where you're you're getting calls from customers, right? And last year your call center received ten thousand phone calls with questions. And this year, your call center only received 6,000 questions because you did the hard work of updating your policies. You did the hard work of updating your website. You did the hard work of performing better marketing or better installation instructions. I don't know what it is. 
but you've done a system, you've intentionally put an internal system in place that has thus created less wear and tear on your staff, less wear and tear on your on your facilities, things of that nature. These are all really big wins. But if we're too focused on the external wins, we're going to miss some of the great wins that are happening right in front of our face. So here's your job, Releader. Your job is to find wins, find internal wins, put a spotlight on them, somehow put a spotlight on those wins in your next all staff, in your next leadership meeting, uh, put a spotlight on that win and then find a way to celebrate it as an organization. Okay. We're going to look for internal wins and we're going to celebrate them. So what happens when I focus too much on external wins? Let's go back for just a second. If I focus too much on external wins too soon, what's going to happen are several things. One, your staff morale is going to go down. Staff morale, your staff want to feel like they're winning. They need wins. And Everyone feels feels it when you're failing. The whole organization feels it when you're failing. And so that's why it's really important for you as the re-leader to take the spotlight. Your, your teams, even your constituencies through marketing, they will look at what you put the spotlight on, okay? So put the spotlight on wins. Find internal wins. And you, if, if you don't do this, if you, if you focus on internal, external wins, and you 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 forget about the internal wins. What's going to happen is not only is your staff going to suffer, but you're going to suffer. You're going to suffer. I really struggled with this because I was looking for wins that we weren't ready to win yet, and it made me. It tempted me at times to want to quit. Okay, please don't quit. Please don't quit. Part of your success is what you focus on. Focus on internal wins, and you will be more likely. Now, let me give you an example from the Bible. So. Uh, my context, I'm a pastor, I'm a believer, I'm a Christian. So from time to time, I'm going to give biblical um, examples. So Zerubbabel, let me tell you about this leader, re-leader. A lot of the book is about Zerubbabel. A lot of my re-leader book is about this guy named Zerubbabel. Many people don't know who Zerubbabel is. Uh, people know who Solomon is. Solomon was the wisest guy to ever walk the face of the earth. He was the son of David. Uh, he, 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 he built the first temple. That's what he's known for. Zerubbabel is a re-leader. Zerubbabel is the guy who came in after Nebuchadnezzar tore down the temple, and he was he was tasked to rebuild what he didn't break. Zerubbabel was a re-leader. What most people don't realize that is that about 17 years in, after he rebuilt the foundation, so think about what we're talking about with foundations, he suffered the same temptation that we do as re-leaders. He had rebuilt something that no one would ever notice, no one would ever see. He finished the foundation, and then his people began to complain. He was being attacked from outside people, and he quit. He quit. He did the very thing that you and I are tempted to do from time to time. He quit. Uh, most hist- historians, theologians believe that he quit for around 17 years. That's crazy. He laid it down. He quit rebuilding the temple for 17 years. Listen to me, please, please, please don't quit, okay? Your calling is too great and your purpose is too important for you to quit, all right? Uh, Last one, let's talk about this. One reason we are tempted to quit, let's talk about that. Why are we tempted to quit? Um, Number three, here's my challenge to you. Do not despise what God celebrates, okay? Do not despise what God celebrates, Okay, so like me with the trees, the, the example I gave of the trees, our culture loves to see things 
completed. That was That's the desire inside of me. And what tempts me to quit is because I never see anything finished, okay? I need to see something finished in order to feel like I am accomplished, in order to feel like I'm succeeding at something. So just like I do the trees, I want to cut some trees down so I feel like I accomplished something. Here's the challenge, okay? Our culture that we live in, they celebrate, our culture celebrates things that are finished, okay? We celebrate the finished work. We celebrate the finished building, the finished capital campaign. We celebrate pastors who have built big churches. Uh, We celebrate business people who have built big companies. They're the ones that are on the cover of Time Magazine. They're the ones that are on the cover of Forbes Magazine. They're the ones that get noticed. They are the ones that get celebrated. Our world rejoices to see the work finished. But here's what you really need to hear, okay? This is not how God operates. Um, Why do we quit? Because we have unmet expectations, okay? We have some sort of expectation, some sort of thought process in the back of our mind that tells us that this means we're finished, this means we're accomplished, this means we're successful. So let me go back to Zerubbabel, okay? So Zerubbabel quit. He quit. Um, Many of you have heard a lot of the verses in Zechariah chapter 4. Zechariah chapter 4 is actually a word of the Lord that comes to Zerubbabel. Uh, Some might call it a prophetic word, a word of encouragement to Zerubbabel to, hey, you quit, but you're not finished yet. I need you to pick back up the tools, pick back up the mantle, and get back to work. So when you have a second, go and read Zechariah chapter 4. Much of this chapter is the Lord coming down to Zerubbabel and telling him to finish what he started. And what I believe is that this word isn't just for Zerubbabel, it's for every leader under the sound of my voice, for every leader on the planet. And I want you to hear the words that he says to, to Zerubbabel and to us, okay, in Zechariah chapter 4, verse 10. It says, do not despise these small beginnings. Okay, let me read that one more time. This is the word of the Lord to us. Do not despise these small beginnings. Now watch this. For the Lord rejoices to see the work begin. The Lord, one more time. The Lord rejoices to see the work begin. That verse doesn't make sense in our culture because we don't rejoice to see the work begin. We rejoice to see the work completed. But with your task, with what you're called to do, the very thing that you're tempted to quit over, from from the Lord's eyes, when he sees you begin this good work, he is rejoicing. He is throwing a party in heaven, not because you're finished, but because you're beginning, because you're starting. So in these early times, in these early days, where you're trying to rebuild your department, rebuild your business, rebuild as a vice president or a president or a director or a teacher, whatever you do as a pastor, these early days of rebuilding, the Lord is rejoicing to see the work begin. Early on in my marriage, we'll end with this. Early on in my marriage, um, we didn't have any money, so I would remodel our houses myself. Okay, So I just was a DIY, do-it-yourself guy. I would lay tile. I would paint walls. I would texture walls. I did some electrical work. I would do some plumbing work. I would just watch YouTube videos. I'd figure it out, right? I would lay hardwood floors. I'd do all this stuff. And what it gave me was an appreciation for the fine details. And so if I ever came to your house 
and I begin to look around your house, I wouldn't look at your countertops, your beautiful countertops and your furniture and your beautiful wood floors. I wouldn't look at any of that. I would look at the tiny, tiny details. I would look at your 18 foot ceiling and say, who textured that ceiling? <laughs> I would look at the cut around the door frame of the tile and like, my goodness, whoever spent time cutting that tile right there, did it carefully, did it craft, did it with craft, did it with skill. I noticed the fine details, and this is what I want you to hear from me, and hopefully this is the Lord speaking to you. When the Lord walks around your organization, when the Lord walks around your church, your business, your department, the Lord is rejoicing to see the fine details. He is looking at that special moment that you stopped what you were doing, you cared for the person, you loved them through that, you coached them through that. God is way more interested in the fine details of how you lead than he is the size of your organization and the size of your bank account. God is obsessed with the details and he is rejoicing to see the work begin. So here's my final thought. Do not despise what the Lord rejoices in. Okay. All right. Um, let me read one more passage out of this, this text that's for us. And then I'm going to sign off. All right. So this is another one of those encouraging words that the Lord gave Zerubbabel to, to not quit. Okay. We we read Zechariah 4.10. I'm going to back up and read verses 6 through 9. Zechariah 4, 6 through 9. It says this. So he said to me, this is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel. And I'm going to say this. This is the word of the Lord to you. Okay. You who's listening, driving down the road right now. You who's watching on YouTube. Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord Almighty. What are you, mighty mountain? Before Zerubbabel, will you become level ground? Then he will bring out the capstone to shouts of God bless it, God bless it. Then the word of the Lord came to me. The hands of Zerubbabel has laid the foundation of this temple. That's you. You have you've begun to lay the works and the grounds and the foundation of this of this work that you're doing. And then it goes on to say this. His hands will also complete it. So it's this promise that you are doing a good work and whatever God calls you to do at that organization, you will see it through to complete to completion. There's another passage that you know that says that he who began a good work in you will see it through to completion. Guys, I pray that this encourages you because we need it. As re-leaders, we need it. Uh, love you guys so much. Thanks for listening. Again, my book, grab your order today, grab pre-order today. If it's after January 16th, just go ahead and order it. You can go to Amazon or you can go to releader.co. Share what's going on here. Get on releader.co. Subscribe for a weekly email that I send out. You can interact with me. We have Zoom calls from time to time. Love you guys so much. It's an honor to do this with you. Thanks for listening. 